Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email edition for December 4th, 2007. I'm Pete Werner and we're going to be playing your voicemails and emails today. And as I mentioned in our our last show, we're... um, Ever since I announced, you know, reminded everybody that we're going to be giving away a cruise on Christmas Day to all the, uh, to one one lucky listener who sent in an email. Um, we've been getting lots of emails and voicemails, so please keep them coming. We're getting some really good stuff in, and uh, we are going to be giving away. We're going to be choosing one name from all the people whose emails have been read on the show since I think the middle or end of April. Um, if you've gotten a T-shirt from us, then you are in the running for a cruise. And we will make that announcement on our Christmas Day show, December 25th. So it's going to be a nice Christmas present for someone. <laughs> and um, we, have, uh, we have a lot to... We do have a prize, though, to give away. Yeah. Uh, Rob Skinner, the guy who actually sent in the, the golf segment request, mm-hmm. he chose number 25. And number 25 is a $100 uh, spa gift certificate All to right. uh, mm-hmm. any of uh, the spa of your choice, either the Canyon Ranch over at Gaylord Palms. The uh, Grand Floridian Spa, uh, Saratoga Springs, or the Mandara Spa at the uh, Dolphin. So let us know which one you want. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That could be a good re-gift, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not into spas. Well, he can play golf and... Well, they have, they have plenty of men's... Uh, spas have plenty of men's services now. It's no yeah. longer a woman thing. You'd be surprised. So Congratulations. And uh, we're going to actually get started because we have a lot of voicemail. I know I have a lot of I have a lot of voicemails I want to play today. So we're going to start with the first one. This is uh, one of our uh, longtime listeners and one of our uh, very active members on our discussion forum, Kim, Mommy uh, Sarah Tops, and she was at uh, Tusker House for the new Donald's Breakfast Asaurus. Is that what they're calling it, or is it just Donald's Character Breakfast? I think it's Donald's Character Breakfast. Breakfast Asaurus was really that Over meal. at the, uh, yeah, the dinosaur place. I yeah. think they're calling it Donald's Safari Breakfast. Safari yeah. Breakfast. So, they made um, the other one go away. In our, uh, in our regular show this week, Kevin did a review of Tusker House for Lunch. So this is a nice, uh, a nice tie-in with that. And here's Kim with her thoughts on the new breakfast, um, breakfast buffet at Tusker House. Hey, Diz Unplugged. This is Kim Reinhardt, Arian Mommy Ceratops on the message board. I am in Disney World right now, and we ate at Donald's Safari Breakfast Buffet at Animal Kingdom this morning. And I know a lot of people on the boards have been excited about the new Safari opening up, and I thought I'd give you a quick little review. It was at the Tusker House at Animal Kingdom in Africa. There was Donald Duck. Daisy Duck, Mickey, and Goofy were there. They did a little dance with maracas with the kids, dancing around the characters in a circle, I guess a kind of Ohana thing. Um, We know that's Kevin and John's favorite type of interaction. But I would say for a buffet and a character meal, the food was really good, one of the best I've had. They had this special jungle juice at the table. He said it was a mixture of orange and guava and some other stuff that was really good. The food was set up at with different places, like an African marketplace, so you had to go visit the different stations. There were a lot of yummy carbs there, a lot of fresh breads, bananas, orange, um, orange bread, um, and cornbread. There was hot eggs with cheese and um, ham on top, potato wedges. They even had, like, a station with some carved ham that they would you know, car for you while you were there. And they had lots of fresh fruits and cereal, great little um, 
Oh, little cinnamon rolls and everything tasted real fresh and really good. They had a little kids buffet with um, Mickey waffles, um, eggs, and tater tots that they called hash browns. And the food was really good. It seemed real fresh. It was lots of fun. And the cast members were extremely friendly. They really just went um, above and beyond to, um, you know, make sure we had fun and always had refills and everything was great. We were on the dining plan, um, and that was covered. It was um, really good, and I enjoyed it. And I'd like to hear what um, Kevin has to think about it. So if he's up for getting up early in the morning and hitting Animal Kingdom, I would um, say he'd be. hopefully he'll be surprised by the food as I was. Thanks so much. I love the show, and I am looking forward to Thursday. I cannot wait to see you at the Swan. I'm very excited. Thanks, guys. Pete, I just want to say right off front, she mentioned that she was going to see us at the Swan, and I just want to correct that and make sure that everybody knows it's the dolphin, it's for, the the dolphin for the meat. So we just want to make sure you, you don't go to the Swan, go over to the dolphin. for The, the for hotel that. with the big fish on top. Uh, yeah, in the big yeah. It's nice to hear that she and her family had a really nice time. Yeah, it sounds like it mimics the lunch. It was good it food does. and plenty of it. And and no, Kim, I'm not getting up to go have breakfast. Of it. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen, Kim. <laughs> with Donald. Yeah. Really, I have breakfast with John. We're late He's morning. Character crowd. enough. <laughs> does John carve ham? No. <laughs> but I, I absolutely love I absolutely love people. We have a, a one, at least one other voicemail we're playing today. Somebody calling in from uh, while they're here on vacation. Um, I'm digging that. Um, reports. Our on location reports. Yeah, yeah it's cool. really cool. I it was re- like the ha- Haunted Mansion opening day thing. The person oh, yeah, we called had the guy in. call in. Yeah, those yeah are cool. exactly. It's very, very cool. So we, we, we encourage that. We encourage more. Uh, reports from the parks. That's, These uh, are our embedded listeners. That's right, our embedded <laughs> listeners. So great, thank you very much, Kim. I appreciate the uh, the voicemail. Who else has uh, one they want to read? I do. All right, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I saw Bob trying to get something out, but it wasn't coming. I caught him. I caught him mid pause. I was. Oh, there was so much I could say to that, and I'm just not going to. I was pause. All right, mine is from. Stephen in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Stephen says, My girlfriend and I are going to Disney World in February 2008 for our six-year anniversary. We really wanted someplace special to eat. Problem is, we're regular folks and some of these menus are a little too eclectic or don't offer too many decent American dishes. A nice night out for us is a huge steak with great sides in a romantic setting. Any suggestions? We're staying on property and at the di- mercy of Disney transportation. Steve, I understand completely. I've talked several times about the fact that we have some folks in our group who are um, have dietary restrictions. And I realize that's not what you're talking about, but likes and dislikes are pretty much the same thing. If that's what you like, that's what you like. If you're looking for a good steak and an American kind of choices, I would highly recommend, and you're looking for a special dinner, I just ate at the Yachtsman Steakhouse and did a review of it a while back, and I thought this was truly spectacular. It was a steak dinner. The sides were terrific. They have those little flaky dinner rolls that I've been craving ever since I was there the last time, and I think that's a great place. That would be my choice if you're looking for something that's not too far away from what you're used to. I would also recommend uh, a place I've eaten many, many times, Shula's over at the Dolphin. Uh, It's a fantastic, fantastic steak. And uh, service was outstanding. It's a little bit different. It's you know very, uh, very male, 
Yeah, I thought it was just okay. It's very male, but no, nah, I, I thought their steak was uh, was outstanding. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't eaten there since it first opened, so I don't really have... I, I, just re- I just remember the size of the baked potato was Gigantic. huge. Yeah, the Never portions are massive. Worked, I worked in supermarkets for over 30 years, and I never saw a baked potato that big in a supermarket. It was like, what, when, are, when are they coming? February. February. So Concourse Steakhouse will still be open. I was just going to mention Concourse Steakhouse is a good choice yeah. before they close. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think Yachtsman Steakhouse, if it's a special anniversary, oh, yeah. is a little... Yeah. And I would ask to sit, and I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's somebody who will be able to tell me, but it's like the rotunda room. It's the round room with the lanterns in the ceiling and Some, all the windows. It also depends a little bit, too, on where they're staying. You know, the beach club, yacht club could be a little bit inconvenient to try to get over there. Tough. Make them go. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Take, Take a cab. six buses. Well, either and way, you have options. You do. There are options, and we've given you a couple. Take a cab. Have a good time. Thank you, Kevin. Who else? I have one. Uh, it's from Gibson. doesn't say where he's from, but he is the person who drew the Princess Aurora drawing for us. So oh. I wanted to read his actual email. He says, hi, Diz Unplugged team. I love your podcast. I listen every night as I fall asleep. My family will be spending one day at Disneyland a couple of days after Christmas. Grr, my parents did not want to stay very long because we already went to Walt Disney World. <laughs> oh, they've got it wrong. They've got it wrong. I had to wrong. put his grr in there. And he says, I was wondering, will the Haunted Mansion still be decorated? And what are your top ten favorite rides at Disneyland during the holidays as well as restaurants? Now, the Haunted Mansion will still be open and decorated. It will be that way through January 6, 2008, so you will be able to see it. I wanted to give just a few of my favorite rides first and let you guys put in as well. Uh, Disneyland, of course, the Haunted Mansion, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is always a good classic, and Splash Mountain, as well as uh, the Indiana Jones Adventure. Um, as far as restaurants, I'm not as well versed in those as some of the other members of the roundtable, but I would recommend Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen at Downtown Disney or the Trattoria at the Golden Vine Winery at California Adventure. And then some of the rides at California Adventure would be the Sun Wheel with the swinging gondolas. That's oh, so much fun and scary, kind of oh, too. It's scary. <laughs> and then you also have Mulholland Madness, California Screaming, and Tower of Terror there as well. So those are just a few of my ideas. But well, also you know your your parents absolutely have it wrong. It's a, it's such a common mistake people make. We've been to Disney World. There's nothing we're going to see at Disneyland, and and that is just. You, ha- they, you know what? They're going to get out there and they're going to be like, oh, wow, we, we had no idea. We spent more than we a day. We had no idea. It's a very different experience. It's a very unique experience in its own right. And it is the biggest single mistake people make when thinking about going to Disneyland, that it's just going to be a repeat of what they had. Now, if Jay Rasulo has his way, the president of Parks and Resorts, that's exactly what's going to end up happening. You're going to have theme parks that are identical all around the world. But as it stands right now, that Haunted Mansion is still, uh, I think, it's a, it's a step above the one we have here, especially when it's done for Halloween or for uh, uh, for Christmas. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, as you mentioned, but also don't overlook Small World for the holidays. That is one of the most amazing ride transformations I've ever seen. They did such an amazing job with the Small World uh, attraction for yep. the holidays. And it's just it's a very different experience. So tell your parents they, they absolutely have this one wrong if they think that... Uh, Disneyland and Disney World are the same thing, and you don't need to experience them both. And so. if you're going to be there at night, try to catch their Phantasmic. Oh, yeah. Their Phantasmic show. is phenomenal. 
Before we move on, I have to thank Gibson for his picture. Yes. Yeah, he drew picture. a picture of all of us, and yeah. I just wanted him to know how much we appreciate the time that he took to do that. And for sure. as close as a likeness that will ever come on the site to yeah. uh, <laughs> representing I thought that the was really great. group. And Bob was even on his cot cam. It was. I, I just, he did a great job. Oh, wow. So thank you for your email, Gibson. Yes, thank you very much. Oh, and Blue Bayou. Oh, the Blue Bayou restaurant. Oh, the restaurant, yes. Yeah, Blue Bayou, it's, um, you can actually sit and overlook the boats as they go by for Pirates, of, Pirates the of the Caribbean. Yeah. However, if you're going after Christmas, Gibson, tell your mom and dad they have to call and try and make a reservation right this minute. Yeah, <laughs> right well, now. What's that uh, restaurant in downtown Disney, Corey? Ralph Brennan's, Julie mentioned it. Yeah, yeah it's oh, a good place. Did. Yeah, it's a good place. It. I, I love the oyster that. shooters yeah. over there. They're great. Yo. And then, of course, my absolute favorite restaurant anywhere in uh, the Southern California area is uh, Napa Rose yep. over at the Grand California. I, pro- I didn't think that was like a... I know. It's, you know, a, it's definitely it's an upscale meal. One, huh? But yeah. if your parents want to take you out to a really nice dinner, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thanks very much for the email, Gibson. And uh, who else? I have one. All right, uh, Bob. From Michelle McGuire, and she lives in Stallings, North Carolina. And I'm not going to, I can't, what, how do you pronounce that? Looks like Shellen NC. Shellen NC, that's her name on the boards. Uh, she says, hi everyone, I have a question about park hours and Osborne lights. We will be at the uh, studios on Monday, no- December 17th. She made ADRs at Hollywood Brown Derby. Uh, Good choice. Uh, many months ago, not thinking about park hours. Her ADR is for dinner at 7.30 p.m., and she had planned to go see the lights after dinner. And she says the studio closes at 8 p.m. that night. Phantasmic is at 8. My question is, how late can we stay in the park to see the lights after closing? I seem to remember years ago that we went to Phantasmic and then saw the lights, but I may be wrong about that, or things may have changed since then. I really don't want to miss the lights or my dinner at Hollywood uh, Brown Derby. Please tell me I can have my cake and eat it too. And she says, thanks, everyone. Hope you all have a great holiday season. So, Michelle, good news. You can have your cake and you can eat it too. Uh, Here's my recommendation. The Osborne lights start at dusk, and that's somewhere between 5.30 and 6 o'clock that they turn the lights on. So instead of going to see the lights after dinner, go to see the lights before dinner, and you'll be able to do that and then go to dinner at the Brown Derby afterwards. You'll have plenty of time to see everything uh, with your dinner at 7.30. You might even be able to make the first Fantasmic show at 6.30, but you're going to be pushing it to see it, all the lights and all the songs that they play. Uh, so I, I don't advise that. The box closes at the end of Fantasmic, which is 8.30-ish, quarter of 9, and... By 9 o'clock, everyone's out, or hopefully out. So it'll be hard to get back to see the lights after dinner. So you can have your cake and eat it too, Michelle. You have missed the opportunity to to tell her to have dessert first. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Have dessert first. Never mind. She said, can she have her cake and eat it too? I told her she could have a cake. That, that was fell a, flat. That was a convoluted joke, boy. <laughs> really? <laughs> Had to do too much thinking on that one. It was much funnier in my I'm head. just going to say, <laughs> that's the one I was really thinking. Boom. There you go. Uh, well, so I, that's it. Well, thank you, Bob. 
All right, I have another voicemail I'd like to play. I, th- th- this is I love voicemails like this. This is just so cool. Uh, this is Chris from uh, North Carolina, I believe, and uh, he got engaged at uh, Disney World a few weeks ago. November 10th, exactly. He had written in to us uh, several months back asking us for some ideas about what to do, and uh, he went ahead and did it, and he has a, a report for us. So here's, here's Chris on his engagement. Hey guys, and Julie. This is Chris coming in from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, y'all read my email before about um, getting engaged at Disney. Um, you guys had some great ideas, and it just made me want to go get, get some of my own, actually. Um, and this week, we actually got engaged, um, me and my girlfriend, Erica. We actually got, got, actually got it done at the California Grill up top. It was terrific. Uh, we actually had a lady named Shirley, um, a coordinator there. She got us everything beyond belief. Um, we had a glass slipper put, and we put the ring in the glass slipper that had writing on it, and they brought it out to us um, about one minute before the fireworks came off on that Saturday night. It was beautiful. I've never seen anything done so well in my life, actually. It was terrific. Um, and they got us really the best seats in the house. There was really, everything was done terrific. Um, I will be sending y'all some pictures um, with the email. But other than that, I just want to tell you guys that everything went well. All right, now how, how cool is that? that it's is really just... cool. But he, he left out a few details in his voicemail that I think we should read okay. here on the show. So I have the email here in front of me. So, you know, after they had dinner and everything and it was time for dessert, the waiter brought the ring out on a silver platter with Will You Marry Me in chocolate and the glass slipper with the ring, of course. So she said yes, and right at that time, the witch's fireworks went off. It says when people realized what was going on, the whole restaurant clapped. When they got up to leave, the whole restaurant clapped, and a few people got up out of their seats, and it made them feel like royalty while most of the staff stood near the walkway back to the elevator. Oh, wow. They congratulated them, and it was really the most spectacular thing that has ever happened to them, he writes. And then um, it says it made Erica feel like a princess. And then to the end of the week, we went to Narcoosie's at 8.50, and they let them know what was going on. They got another great table, and... You know, got to see wishes and everything like that from their table. So they just all in all had a great week. That's awesome. Cool. See, Very that's cool. they'll just, both remember that forever. You live for that, yeah. yeah. You and live of course, for that. you know, he says many thanks. Of course, that's it's uh, a good thing she nice. said yes. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just it kind of makes me feel like we're a part of it, even though we weren't. Yeah. Right, we did right. give suggestions and things like that, but kind of makes me understand how our listeners feel about us. And those <laughs> are know? those special moments, you know. Yeah, it's it's you know it's amazing with even a little thought. An effort. What kind of amazing things you can do when you come on vacation here? Mm-hmm. There's just, and this is something you are going to remember. You and and she are going to remember for the rest of your lives. The story you're going to tell your kids and your grandkids, and that's just that's just too cool for words. The cool. other nice thing is it's one of those things that he apparently asked for some help from the people he was dealing with. And, and I think as long as you're polite and let them know what you're trying to do, I think people really want to make those special yeah, moments. Well, you know, I want to reiterate this because I, I, I said it once before because I've made a lot of issues about cast members and the quality of them going down. And I have to tell you, at least what I've been seeing lately, there's a change. There is a palpable change in the quality of the service that I'm seeing from cast members. I'm seeing them be a lot more engaging. I'm seeing them be a lot friendlier. I'm hearing a lot more comments from people, both here at the roundtable, people that are emailing us, even voicemails that we're getting, how great cast members have been. Thank God. About time. 
It's about time. They let it slip for a long time. But you hear stories like this, and you realize, you know, that some of these people, some of these cast members really can make all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's terrific. And it's a great story, and I'm so glad you shared it with us. And uh, we want pictures from the wedding. Congratulations, Chris and Erica. Yeah, congratulations. Send a picture of the ring on her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, That's my favorite part. Oh, Julie wants to compare rock sizes. Really? No, no, not at all. It's my favorite thing. Anytime I meet someone who's recently engaged, you know women love showing off their ring. <laughs> I know a couple of guys that like to show off their jewelry, too. So. <laughs> But uh, that's great. It's a great story. Thanks so much for sharing it with us. And uh, who has an email they would like to read? I have one from Mandy. She's from Wyoming, uh, Michigan. This is a, another segment idea. She writes, I know many people don't go to Walt Disney World to exercise or work out, but there are some of us out there that do want to keep up with our routines, go for nice jogs, walks, or get to the workout rooms while on you. vacation. <laughs> that's me. That's me. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, me too. And she writes, especially if we want to keep up with our training for Disney races like the marathons and such. I was wondering if someone, maybe Corey, since he used to be a lifeguard, could give some workout facilities a try and tell us which ones seem really good, have a lot of nice equipment and such. I also, also what jogging paths seem the most scenic and eye-pleasing to jog on outside the resorts and things of that nature. I would also like to know if the facilities are the... Yeah, I also... Never mind. You all right, Corey? Well, I, I, well said. I, I just had a just had a Bob moment. <laughs> oh, wow! She was, she I was smart. Wait a second. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. I'm leaving it in too. <laughs> I'm leaving it in because he had a Bob moment. He busts on Bob, so I'm leaving your moments in too. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. She writes. I also uh, would like to know if the facilities are only for those guests staying at those particular resorts, or if so, what options. Um, those staying at value resorts and moderate resorts have. Well, I don't know much about the exercise facilities, but I do know that you can, even if you do stay at a moderate or value resort, you can pay $12 per day. That's the cost. Or if you use the uh, the spa, you can also use the ex- exercise facility. Right. Now, I think it's a great segment idea. I'm going to do it. I know a few weeks ago somebody suggested that I do something with pools. So maybe while I'm at the resort, I'll check out the pool, check out the workout facility. Maybe she picked the right person to do this. Pools and Pilates or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad Kevin got food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where were the workout facilities? Nice? You know, I never found them. <laughs> yeah, they were upstairs in the ship. But I'll I'll do that. I'll check it out. Yeah, I, know. I, I just got a uh, I just got a very long winded speech from my doctor last week about uh, having to exercise. So I know I'll the all stars. I'll let you do yeah. it though. <laughs> I know the all stars if they're staying there. There's quite a bit of area for them to walk around the three resorts because they're right in a row. So you could walk directly across from each one and, and get that done. And Pop Century has a lot of walking area, I never too. understood that. You're walking about a million miles a day when yeah, you get into exactly. the Magic Kingdom or any park. But you're not jogging, though. Five, you walk five to seven miles a day when you're going to Disney World and going into the park. So... And it's over. A, it's about a mile around Epcot's uh, World Showcase, just there alone. So you right. do a lot of work. Yeah, most of the workout facilities are at the deluxe resorts, but I think the only one, the only moderate resort that has a workout facility is Coronado. Yeah, but so cool. I get to work out for a segment. Hmm. My most recent workout was decorating my uh, Christmas tree. <laughs> what's this a young lady's name? Uh, Amanda. Mandy. Mandy. Well, Mandy, go ahead and pick a number. Corey's going to do this segment. 
See, he's committing to do it now, so I he am. has to do it. Oh, for sure. He has to do it. So he's got pulls. He's, you're backed up, though. You've got pulls. No, and, uh, I was thinking knocking him out at the same time. Yeah. Time. Oh, I'm doing a dual take, Do you want me to take pictures oh, of I see. He's going to try and kill two birds with one stone. And probably take photos while we're there. Pools and Pilates. Julie's probably going to go shopping while we're there. Pools, pictures, and Pilates. Yeah, there you go. Hey, that reminds me. Did you guys do the photo thing on fr- Saturday? Did you go take photos with that one listener? We oh. did. It was actually two listeners. It was NC Beast and NC Bell. That's right. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, we uh, gave away uh, a prize of uh, touring the park with uh, Bob and Corey. It's kind of weird being a prize, but... You know. <laughs> <laughs> it was. But we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we went. Uh, we met him at MGM at 12 o'clock. Uh, pictures with... Pictures with Corey and tour guide Bob. I tell you what, MGM is the hardest fo- is the hardest um, theme park out of all of them to take good photos. It, it really, I mean, there aren't that many no places that are photo ops. Yeah. I mean, you have the hat, you have the uh, Tower of Terror, uh, you know, but all the whole Osborne area was decorated with lights. So during the day, that whole area looks like crap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like what are those black lines? Well, we had a good building? time. We walked around the whole park. I went and did Tower of Terror with them. They uh, went and saw the Beauty and the Beast show. Yeah, we made them go see that because well, their screen names NC Beast and NC Bell. So and they'd never seen it before. So uh, we they rode the Tower of Terror and then came out and said, "Let's go see uh, Beauty and the Beast." So they liked. They it. were really nice. They were really nice yeah. to meet. Um, we we spent about three hours with them. I don't, we don't want to take up too much of their day, but yeah. it was. It was good. It was it was fun. And we gave them some photo ops with Bob in the boot. <laughs> yeah, they they do have some posing Bob photos on their camera. Yeah, it just disturbs me that people want to have their picture taken with you. But <laughs> it does, but uh, you mean I people who my, aren't his family members? <laughs> can I have my picture taken with your boot? You know, right after that, I I started doing some of the tours for. Uh, looking at the hotels for d- Christmas decorations. So I went around the Epcot hotels, and I happened to bump into Jim and Amy from Raleigh, North Carolina, when I was over at the beach club. I'm taking pictures of the thing, and this guy comes, uh, Jim comes up to me and says, Are you Bob? And I said, Yeah. So it was really cool. So. One of these times is going to be a process server. You've been served. I don't have to worry about that, but I just wanted to get that in there. All right, we've got another voicemail. This one from Colin Carroll. Colin. He did not say where he was from. I'm guessing it's Pennsylvania to make up his location. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's based on, location. Yeah, based on Colin's email address, we uh, Kalamazoo. We, we know for a fact that he is involved in the chocolate trade. We love chocolate. So in exchange for this, e- <laughs> yeah, in exchange for this, uh, playing playing your voicemail, Colin. <laughs> Send lots of chocolate. Send lots of chocolate. Col- Colin has some questions on uh, on Disney on the Disney Cruise Line. So here's here's Colin. Hey guys, uh, I'm looking for your help uh, as far as a Disney cruise. I'm looking to take my family on a Disney cruise in 2008, and have a few questions. I'm hoping you can answer. Uh, the first one is: Would you uh, take a, a Western or an Eastern Caribbean cruise? Um, I'm kind of torn with uh, which location to take, and I'm hoping for your advice there. Second question, what time of year would you take the cruise at? Um, I've got a family of five, so the cost is important, and I'm looking to see you know, if there's a cheaper time of year. I think it may be the fall, but I'm hoping you can help me there. Third question, is there anything that is a must-do on the cruise, um, whether it be on the ship or an excursion on one of the islands? Thanks for your help. I hope you can answer my questions, 
and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Well, I, I can at least give you uh, my opinions, Colin. First of all, versus uh, West Western Caribbean versus Eastern. I'm definitely an Eastern kind of guy. Um, I prefer the St. Thomas, St. Martin uh, leg of the cruise as opposed to the Grand Cayman Cozumel leg. Um, I don't like either Grand Cayman or Cozumel very much. And Key West is driving distance for me. So uh, St. Martin and St. Thomas, for my money, uh, gives me a much more, I don't know, a much more authentic experience, much more what I'm looking for when I go on a cruise. And uh, especially if you like jewelry shopping, um, St. Martin and St. Thomas are, are fabulous. Yes, they are. Um, <laughs> as far as what time of year, again, I'll give you my opinion. Um, the cheapest time of year to travel is pretty much September. That's when you're going to find September, October. That's when you're going to find the best deals, mainly because it's hurricane season. And, um, you know, people that are afraid to travel during hurricane season don't really understand what happens uh, if a storm's anywhere where this ship is going to be, they just reroute around it. You don't go through them. So you may not end up going to the port you wanted to, but you're still going to have a great cruise one way or the other. As long as you, if you're going to travel during that time frame, as long as you go into it knowing that there is a possibility, and it's not even necessarily a high probability, there is a possibility your cruise may get diverted because of a storm. If you're cool with that, fine. But we hear stories all the time from people who come back from these cruises where they got diverted and they're making a scene and they're screaming they want their money back. You know what? If you're going to go on a cruise in the Atlantic during hurricane season, deal with it, you know? But uh, that, that's definitely my, my advice. And also January is a good time. We get some, see some good deals in January. I wish he had said how old the kids were because that's going to be a, something he has to take into consideration. As far as is pulling them out of school. Pulling, yeah. uh, if you're going to pull them out of school, not out of school, if, if, if they have to go to school, then you have to look at the summertime, August, probably August before they go back to school is probably uh, what's going to work best for them. Also, depending on the age of the kids, how he arranges his staterooms could be a big price difference. If some of them are a little bit older and you might – Put them in a room, or say an inside room where you have an outside room. That could help with your cost a lot. Exactly, exactly. Now, I, as far as must dos are concerned, the only one you know, there's a lot of must dos in the ship. Mm-hmm. My biggest one though is Palo, um, Palo brunch, yep. <laughs> Palo high tea, Palo dinner, Palo anything brunch, that has yeah. Palo in front of it is a must. Wine do. tasting at Palo. <laughs> um, that I haven't done, but I understand it's very good. But However, that's for adults only. Yeah, adult, yeah, that is an adults only restaurant. Kids, put them in the program, and you won't see much of them. That's true. That's a must-do. Sign and your kids up for the Oceaneer Club. Another must-do for me is the rainforest room inside the spa. You can get a separate pass. I think it's usually $50, $75 for the week, and you get to use un- unlimited use of the rainforest room, which is a really it's a co-ed. They have steam rooms and aromatherapy showers and these really cool heated terracotta yeah. lounge chairs. And There's three different types of steam rooms in there. There's a, there's a, a very mild a medium, and an, oh, my God, my flesh is going to fall off the bone. Oh, my God. Are there other people in the room? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Golden Mickeys are a must-do. Do not miss those nightly shows, especially the Disney shows. I mean, I don't know what kind of uh, entertainment, See, I, like, I as far I, as... I can't sit through that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I don't great, do them. though. I don't do yeah, yeah. Disney Dreams is Disney good. Dreams is Disney Dreams is an excellent show. Yeah, but, you know, when you've seen it, once you've seen it, you really yeah. don't need to see it again. In my, for me. That's for me. There's a show that I have yet to see that I understand is quite good called Twice Charmed. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. And then if the kids are it in... Was, it was good. I did the, see that one. If the kids are in the program, they do a show 
also uh, where the kids go up on stage. So that's another one. That that's at the end of the cruise, at right? At the end of the cruise, yeah. The kids seem to enjoy the magicians also, mm-hmm. the first few nights of the cruise. They I make wanna, the kids disappear. Yeah. I want to say, for at least one day, give your wife a break and send her for manicure, pedicure, massage, something. I always get a pedicure on the ship, and I always have a great time with, with the technician, you know, with the view, everything. And then there's Castaway Key, you know. Make sure you get over there and, and do that. Well, uh, you'll have a lot of <laughs> options. <laughs> I mean, the ship's docked there. You either get off or you don't. Well, <laughs> I'm going to speak up for the Western. I prefer that. Really? Yeah. I like Grand Cayman and Cozumel. I think one of the reasons I was trying to think about that, we have done we seem to hit Easterns a lot. And Westerns for us are a little bit different. Right. I think but that's see, the reason. There, you know, I, I did a Western Caribbean cruise on a Norwegian a few years back. Walter and I did. And uh, that itinerary was uh, just a lot better. We ended up in, uh, we were in Honduras, Roatan, Honduras. We were in Belize, Belize City. And we went to uh, Costa Maya. And we could have done, if we had our passports, when we were in uh, Honduras, we could have done an Aztec uh, ruin, uh, gone to see Aztec ruins in Guatemala. Oh, that would have been So cool. I think there are other ports that are, that really ca- in the Western Caribbean, that really capture a, a very local, a very real flavor. I don't think either Grand Cayman or Cozumel meet that bill. Now, we did the Tulum Ruins tour when we went to Cozumel, which is where you actually go deeper into Mexico and right. see the Mayan ruins. And I guess that might flavor what I'm thinking. I really enjoyed that. That yeah, was yeah, pretty I, spectacular. And, and in Cozumel, see, I did that when I was in Costa Maya. I did one of the ruins. And it wasn't Tulum. It was a different one. And um, in, in Cozumel, I've only ever done the shopping. And it's just that gets really grating really quick and so yeah grant came in i just have not had good experiences multiple times in either one of those two ports so generally for me i don't i don't prefer it but if i i think disney should start looking at some of those other ports roatan in honduras is really up and coming and right now it's not over it's not over commercialized it's not a liquor store and a t-shirt shop on every corner Mm -hmm. and there's still a lot of real authentic and, and the people were just so nice everybody was so welcoming and they wanted you there, and nobody was hounding you, and people weren't trying to sell you stuff every time you turned around. It was lovely. It was lovely. I, w- I wanted to spend more time there. So those are my suggestions, though. Any other must-dos that anybody has on, on the cruise line? Yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> room service. They yeah. do have a great room they service menu. They have a great menu. room service menu. The BLT. Just and sitting soup. out on a, on a balcony and having room service sounds like heaven. Yeah, I mean, anything that they offer, it's all going to depend on your personal taste. I mean, my must-do and your must-do might be different. Mm-hmm. I think we'd all agree that Paolo is a great experience, but everything on the ship is a great experience if that's what you like. I mean, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, I hope that answers your question, Colin. And uh, we'll be expecting some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> We love your product. (laughs) (laughs) We are all big supporters of the Hershey Corporation. (laughs) We contribute to your paycheck. Yeah, I'm good for probably about uh, two or three paychecks a year there. (laughs) So, all right, who's uh, who's got another one they want to read? I have one from Claire, and she's from the Isle of White, 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 England. And she says she loves the podcast, and I live on a small island on the south of England, and hearing the podcast uh, makes me feel closer to the Disney magic. I have a question for you that I hope you can help me with. We are making our first trip as DVC owners in February 2008. We'll be spending the first nine days 
of our holiday at the Beach Club Villas. Our party consists of herself, her husband, her 10-year-old son, her 7-year-old daughter, and her parents. On our first morning, we have a breakfast reservation at Cinderella's Royal Table at 8.30 a.m. First off, I have to congratulate you on getting one of those. Because uh, Congrat- they're so hard. Yeah, congratulate her on the Cinderella Royal Table not being DVC members. Yeah, right. It's, it's hard much to harder to get I'm the Cinderella <laughs> Royal Table <laughs> reservation. Really? That's right. Uh, she has it for 8.30 in the morning, and uh, she wants to know what the best way is to get there uh, over to the Magic Kingdom. I'm not sure if the monorail will be running that early in the morning. With the jet lag, we are always up and awake very early, and on the first few mornings uh, would prefer to have a stroll through the International Gateway. He is hoping my question will be read. Uh, it's, it makes the gray and rainy winter days more bearable. From Claire, uh, P.S., be nice to Bob. <laughs> Sorry, we no. didn't take your Okay, advice. Claire, there's no sucking up. Thank you, Claire. Anyway, uh, the best bet is, uh, for you, Claire, is to take the Magic Kingdom bus from the hotel. You're not going to be able to go walk through Epcot to get the monorail uh, that early in the morning. And I don't advise that. Uh, That's really a long walk. It is a very, very long walk. It is a long walk. And she's going to have enough walking to do just getting from the bus to the Magic Kingdom Castle. Uh, my first thing I want to do, mention is you, you need to allow plenty of time to get this done. Uh, I would leave your room at around 6.30 in the morning since you'll be getting up early anyway and uh, catch the bus. And just to, to note, that bus may stop at a couple other hotels on the way through depending on which direction it's going. So it may take you 15 minutes to as much as a half an hour to to get to the Magic Kingdom. And then you're going to walk to the main gate, which will, depending on where it is, it could take another 10 minutes to walk. So you have to allow all that travel time. And you're going to check in on the, the left side uh, of the main uh, entrance. So uh, make sure you bring your ID and your confirmation number for your Cindy's Ro- Cinderella's Royal Table. And check in at the podium. Bob's a close personal friend. He gets to call it Cindy's Royal Table. Cindy's Royal Table. Make sure you check in at the podium about 15 minutes prior to the actual time. And uh, walking to the castle uh, early, priceless. Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah, it's good good advice. The other thing is you have to leave a credit card to get Cinderella's Royal Table, so you don't want to be late. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to pay a penalty for or miss your reservation. Right. So getting there early and where you're going to get up early that's that's a good thing because allow plenty of time, you know. And uh, walking so. through an, a very uncrowded Magic Kingdom will also be a prize. Yeah, bring lots of picture uh, camera pictures for you, film. If people hear a a tapping noise. And that's Figaro's tail hitting the base of my microphone stand. <laughs> <laughs> Figaro has decided most of the table belongs to him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's laying between John and I. And right now, now that you mentioned it, he's hitting his tail hotter on the thing than before. Well, yeah, he's being petted. And then you know how you pet cats for a long time? They become like arm-shredding maniacs. Um, <laughs> that's what he's doing right now. So he's all worked up. Put a bell on him. I had that. I had one on him, and John took it off him because it was driving him nuts. And wake me up. It was the only way I could find him in this house. Yeah. That's fair. You know, my house is you know kind of kind of big, and there's a lot of <laughs> hiding spaces for a cat. And 
Cats like to hide. And he loves to hide. You want to so. find him, just open the food. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we have a um, two side chairs to our dining room table, and they're black. And one day, we thought he had gotten out. We couldn't find him anywhere. He was Figaro was black. <laughs> <laughs> he was curled up on one of the black chairs, and we both walked by him like nine times trying to find him. And we were calling him and calling him. And he doesn't come, does nope. he? Nope. That's exactly how S- Bailey is. Sound uh, asleep said, on this black chair, and neither one of us saw him. And then no, if I want him to come, all I need to do is call his name and open the refrigerator door. <laughs> and this cat, no matter where he is in this house, will run like the wind. He's 10 years old. You've never seen an animal move so fast. But Kevin he, finds me. <laughs> as long as we're telling I got one more Figaro story I had gone to the grocery store The local Publix And came back with groceries And when John first moved in We had a refrigerator That wasn't very good We've since gotten a new refrigerator But Figaro figured out How to open our refrigerator Oh god And Figaro took $10 worth of ham Out of the refrigerator Spread it all over the kitchen floor And took one bite Out of each piece <laughs> Wow Yeah he's he, he's special like that. So, all right. Well, thank uh, thank you, Bob, for that last email. I have one. I have one from Adam in Springfield, Illinois. And Adam's is short and sweet. He wants to know, is there any news on Toy Story Mania? As a matter of fact, Adam, this past week, Disney has, re- has uh, put out a website just for Toy Story Mania www.toystorymania.com and it's kind of cool I checked it out they've got pictures of an interview with the Imagineer who worked on it they got a little video and I'll just read you a quick blurb of what it says about it but check it out yourself I think you're going to be find it very cool uh, the curtain is opening on a whole new adventure Toy Story Mania coming summer of 08 um, come board a ride vehicle and zip off into a 3D world of Midway-style games hosted by Woody, Buzz, and Friends. Use your spring action shooter to aim projectiles at targets and rack up points. Sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like those suction cup darts? No, I think it's like, you know, those um, rubber-headed things. Because if you see I, the... I think you see it's the all electronic, John. No, it's... They're Not physical it's spring, proje- spring-loaded. They're physical projectiles, and you're riding through a ride where it's like, you know, ducks are going through with points yeah. on them and stuff. But I thought it was like a shooting gallery thing, and the, the ride is like Buzz Lightyear. This is right from their side. From yeah, their side. I know, but... Okay. Spring what does spring-loaded mean? Uh, I understand. It's got to be physical, yeah. yeah. It's a physical projectile. So you have to reload your load? But... I don't know if you have to reload. I also don't know if the carts are going to spin like Buzz Lightyear so you can't shoot the people behind you like we <laughs> yeah. do with the lasers. I'm, I'm, i, I got to believe that it's all graphic uh, because I was reading uh, an article Jim Hill had written about, and he was talking. <laughs> that's bad. That's pretty bad grammar, but go ahead. Anyway, he was talking about that the graphic change can be done Overnight, so if they wanted to do a Christmas theme, they just the the things you're shooting at, I believe, are 3D projectors, either a co- or, um, cartoons, along the same idea. I believe you're actually shooting something physical at these screens. Okay, that's the way it looked like in on the, the show. I could be wrong on the website, but it said spring loaded. Wow, projectiles! It looks pretty cool. I'm I was excited I to do it. it. Yeah, I'm too. <laughs> It's yeah, the most excited I've seen you in weeks. <laughs> I'm so not stuff. good at Buzz Lightyear. I need something that will oh, actually go Lightyear. and hit the target. I'm great at Buzz Lightyear. I'm great at Men in Black. 
John actually makes me ride in my own cart because while he's shooting, I'm making him spin. <laughs> I like to ride my own cart too and shoot both guns at the same time. Yeah, I can't get as good a score when I shoot both guns at the same time though. Now there are tricks in Buzz Lightyear. There's like one thing that's worth a million points. Yeah, you got to turn around when you go into the main room and sh- look up, and there's something up there that. Mm-hmm. In gets all you honesty, I've never scored above 700 points on that ride. I'm gonna, wow! I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> teach you, grasshopper. Oh, please. I kick your butt every time I'm on No, I've made it to the top. If you see six people in Buzz Lightyear competing very heavily, it's us. It's us. With absolutely no children. (laughs) Each one with a cot. And Uh, Kevin's cot is the one that just keeps spinning around in in (laughs) a circle. Really, not for nothing. I mean, we are a very competitive group. (laughs) So that would be funny to watch us all. Yeah, we should do that. Now, see, I think it's going to be a real long line. Because they're going to have to let the first car go. Because if they give me a gun where I can shoot something at something and something actually is going to come out of it, you know I'm going to be shooting the people ahead of me. Well, that's yeah, <laughs> that's what it, it needs to be Nerf. <laughs> that's what I, I, I think that's what it looks like. It looks like little Nerf arrows, but we'll see. Who knows? Make you wear goggles. <laughs> it's like a science experiment. You mean goggles, full body armor, sign a waiver. Oh. All right, John, thank you very much for that. That was brief. It was very brief. No, his was brief. Yeah, ours wasn't the answer. Hi, Anthony. I was waiting for that. Who has another email? I do. Uh, Uh, This is an older one, but I've held on to it for a while. Uh, It's from Marna Saunders in Owingsville, Kentucky. She's P-Perfect Mom on the boards, and she recently discovered the podcast. Uh, She's commenting on our report about the free three-day pass for firefighters in California. And she says that it reminded her of how her and her husband met. So she writes, we were both wildland firefighters with the Kentucky Division of Forestry, but had never met until we traveled to Florida in 1998 to fight the devastating fires near DeLand. We struck up a romance fairly quickly and continued dating when we returned home. Disney very generously offered 14-day park passes to all the firefighters and their families at that time. They were the only people in their department who actually chose to use these tickets. So they stayed with a cousin in Oviedo and visited all the parks, including Universal and SeaWorld, for free. She says they spent about $250 total for the whole week on food, drink, and gas. Wow. Wow. The people of Florida and the Walt Disney World cast members especially were wonderful and so grateful to us. We had the most magical time and the rest is history. Now even our two kids are Disney addicts and they can't wait to go back. Thanks for reminding me, and keep up all the excellent work. Hmm. I thought that was a really cute That's story. Great. That is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. And we appreciate her help. Yeah. yeah Even much. though, I mean, it was almost 10 years ago now, but it's nice to know. Absolutely. Sure. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, oh, you have one, Kevin? I do. I have one more. I have one, too. Okay. No, I'm just going to play another voicemail, but go ahead. If you want to wait, no, that's going to wait. Okay. No, uh, this is from Karen in Newark, Delaware. Karen wants to know which restaurants accommodate large parties the best. We are considering an extended family trip in late summer. We would have 14 in our group with age ranges from 2 to 65. During our past extended family Disney trips, we enjoyed meeting once a day for a sit-down meal. Character meals, buffets, traditional table service restaurants, we like them all. Luckily, no one is picky. We enjoy all types of food. One teenager in our group does have food allergies, but since Disney does a wonderful job of working with her constraints, that usually is not a factor in our restaurant choice. We prefer to be seated all together. Which restaurants would do this best? Uh, Thanks for your consideration. I've been listening to your podcast for almost a year and have greatly enjoyed it. Well, thank you for the compliment. We actually had discussed this, John and I, prior to... um, 
coming here. And most of the restaurants at Disney, it would be easier for us to tell you which ones we think don't handle large crowds better. Well, places like Le Cellier, Le Cellier, you're going to have a hard time getting a table for 14. Yeah. There's probably about 20 tables, yeah. 25 tables in the whole restaurant. Uh, we've told you before that Bob's family and our family enjoy uh, Christmas Eve dinner. That's our tradition. And we're a party of eight and can never sit together. That's one of the places I would think. I would think places like um, Chefs de France, mm-hmm. any of the smaller places in Epcot. Now, if you're looking for a large table, I would think, um, now this is not a critique but I would think that Nine Dragons would have no trouble putting in a table for 14. I would think Germany, Germany, the beer garden. Yeah. I think you're going to have play trouble in places like Mexico, the, the restaurant in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, looking at resorts, Boma is a good place for large parties. Yeah. Jico uh, is a bad place for large parties. Right. Almost impossible to get tables together. Tus- the, the Tusker House restaurant, easily you'll get your party together there, that's for sure. Um, Cinder- Cinderella's Royal Table is really bad. Yeah, Cinderella's, be- we just made a joke about how hard it is to get a reservation, let yeah. alone a reservation for 14. Yeah. The, the Galley Grill. The Yacht Club Galley? Yacht Club, Club Galley. Galley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would Where be- is that? <laughs> I <was thinking laughs> just opened a new restaurant. Everybody go there. That would be another great place. Do you guys? I, I know which place that wouldn't hold it. What's the place at the uh, at the Magic Kingdom heading towards Tomorrowland Terrace? That little oh, the noodle station? Not the noodle oh. station. Right before that. Right at the end oh, of the um, Across from Casey's. Oh, 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 all the time. oh, the plaza. Oh, the plaza. plaza. Yeah, Liberty Tree Tavern. About the size of this room. As you used to say, that, they would fill every seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're gonna, there's going to be places. Now, I can tell you that a lot of times getting a reservation for 14 is very difficult. However, if you make a priority, or excuse me, an advanced dining reservation for a large party and they ask you to split it up, the majority of the time the people at the restaurant will do their best to seat your party together. They're usually pretty good about that. A lot of times you're going to find it really difficult to find a table for 14 as a table for 14. You're going to have to go 6 and 8, 7 and 7, whatever. The Hollywood Brown Derby, I think, would also be a good choice. Yeah, I was just about to say that they can push tables together. Right. Don't try the (laughs) sci-fi. Julie, what'd you do to it the just, mic? It fell out of its home. <laughs> <laughs> Julie's microphone just wanted the life of its own. I was touching it, just went. Boom. Did a suicide jump. <laughs> it got a t- it, it got attracted to it. Prime time is going to be difficult. Fifties prime time diner is going to be hard to get a table that large. Yeah, so I hope this helps. I thought it's flying fish. What's the restaurant right next to Spoodles? Spoodles. Spoodles would be a good Spoodles would be a good also. spot. So, um, California Grill. Would actually be able to accommodate if you could get a reservation there. I think be able to. You might even be able to get in like ESPN Club if, if you're going to do that. Place is always packed, especially yeah. right now. The it, line is out. She's talking the door. about coming in late summer, and yeah. um, depending on what you consider late summer, um, you might run into some big crowds. I would recommend strongly, as soon as you know your dates, if you can plan 180 days in advance, that you call on your 180 day mark. I know Tapanito has a few rooms in the back that they save for for big parties. Now, if you are staying at a Disney resort, and I don't see that it says that you are, if you're staying at a Disney resort, keep in mind that Disney, for resort guests only, has the 180 days plus 10. Meaning that on the first day of your stay, even though that day is 180 days out, you don't have to wait until the next day to start at 180 days out. You're allowed to add 10 days to your first 180 days so that you could make all your advanced dining reservations at one time. And what I would do is I would make sure that if you're looking for that large party, that you start on that day. 
once you get your reservations, you can tweak them later on if somebody changes their mind, if something, you know, comes up that you have to be, you decided to be in one park or another. Tweak them as the time goes on. However, get them as soon as you can for a party that large. That's my advice. Great. Well, thank you, Kevin. All right. And our final voicemail today comes to us from Richard, who has questions about flying into airports other than Orlando International. Hello, Disunplugged podcast crew. This is Richard from Texas, and I have a question for you about travel to Walt Disney World. Instead of flying into Orlando Airport, I'm going to be forced to fly into the Tampa Airport and travel to Disney World by automobile. Do you have any advice for anyone who, such as myself who's traveling into Tampa or perhaps other surrounding cities and then driving into Walt Disney World uh, in terms of maybe where to find the best deal or how to fly there? and how to uh, drive on into the parks. Um, well, you know, I'm glad you called in with this, Richard. This is a, a good point to make because I don't think we've really mentioned it before. But there are times that you will get a better deal if you fly into Tampa. I've done it. As opposed to uh, Orlando International. And really and truly, um, you're talking about it's, a, it's about an hour's drive from Tampa to uh, to Disney World. So. If you've ever, you know, those are, those are listeners from the Northeast, it's the equivalent of uh, living in northern, northern New Jersey and having to fly out of JFK um, or flying into JFK and driving home. So it's, it's, really, um, it's really not a bad alternative. It's a pretty straight line right up I-4. Yeah, it is a straight line. You don't now, need a TomTom or anything. I-4, on the other hand, depending on the time of day you're flying in, can be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. So you have to keep that in mind, and I would certainly... Be prepared to spend at least some time in traffic unless you're coming in, like, on a Sunday morning. There's been a great deal of um, construction over in the Tampa area. Yeah. So that adds to it also. I mean, the sections have already expanded out to to three lanes, and it's much better than it was. But I would allow at least two hours with the drop-off of the car and everything else uh, at the the, uh, airport or the pickup of the uh, you know, yeah. it, well, it's certainly it is certainly less convenient than flying into Orlando. But the airlines who do fly directly into Tampa sometimes it's not unusual to find a lower price or a better deal. I was just going to say, you, if you're going to have to make the judgment call, if the little bit of extra inconvenience is worth is the price difference is worth the price yeah. difference. Yeah, now, definitely all- take that into effect. If, if it's twenty dollars more to fly into Orlando than it is to fly into Tampa, I'd still go to. Orlando. Oh, yeah. You know, it's got to be a significant amount. It, it doesn't also, sound to me, though, I'm sorry, it doesn't sound to me like it's a money issue for him at this point. It sounded like there was something else. Because he said, I was forced to fly into Tampa. Right. I think it's just a matter of this is when I can get a flight. Yeah. It's yeah. really not. If if that's the situation, it's really not that big a deal. It really isn't bad. It really isn't bad. Yeah. But, you know, for those for those who are, you know, trying to keep an, you know, keep an eye on price, it's, it's always good to check. I always check that when I'm doing yeah. anything flying out or coming back in, I always check both prices at Orlando and in Tampa. My friends just uh, booked their flight to come down in Jan- the end of January, and I always tell them, check Tampa and check uh, Orlando, and they fly southwest. So, well, I, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Another two choices that are smaller airports, but still, is Daytona and Melbourne. No, I was going to say Sanford. I was, was going to say Sanford, too. Sanford's actually a much smaller airport. Sanford doesn't... But it's expanding. They've, they've been bringing in a lot more... We have uh, friends who... They a lot more domestic business. up right. to New, the New England states all the time, and that's what they use as Sanford. 
the problem I find with Sanford is there's not as many services from there. There, it's yeah. hard. To, it's harder to get to a rental car agency, that kind of thing. Um, Melbourne and Daytona, while they're a little further out, they're they're bigger than Sanford Airport. I'm not saying anything bad against Sanford or that you shouldn't use it. It's just that there's less services, there's less taxis, there's less town cars from Sanford. Right. So. Those are other options if you're renting a car. Yeah, well, I think I think in terms of if you're not going to fly into Orlando International, taxis and uh, town car services become irrelevant because I don't think too many people are going to spend right. the money for you know, an hour an hour each way. In Tampa, I Transfer. found out we were trying to find uh, for a person uh, a town car service to for uh, to transport them from Ocala to Tampa, mm-hmm. and they charge so much. For the town car, a, a fee for the town cars, it's astronomical. Like if they were to go from Orlando to Tampa, yeah, you're going to need a rental car. Yeah, but yeah, getting getting to our, uh, Disney World from Tampa really is is a very easy process. As te- Kevin said, you're not going to need any special equipment, no GPS equipment to figure out where you're going. Yeah, it's yeah, head east on I four. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a matter of time, and everything's right there in front of you. Lots me. of signs. Yep. <laughs> They're they're trying to get you this way, trust me. (laughs) They're trying to help. All right, and that will do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, be sure to send your emails into podcast at wdwinfo.com. And I do not have the toll-free number in front of me for voicemails, but it is on our uh, podcast main page, which is podcast.wdwinfo.com. And uh, remember, we are going to be giving away a cruise to one of the people whose emails we've read on the show over the last several months on December 25th. So absolutely get your emails and voicemails in, folks, and make them creative because we're getting a lot of them in right now. So if you really want, you want them to get noticed, got to get our attention. So We hope to see some of you we'll Thursday see a night. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see, that's right. We'll see a bunch of you on Thursday. So have a great week, Go folks. the dolphin. The dolphin. That's right. Not the swan. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>